Today's episode of the DNVR Nuggets podcast is brought to you by Green Roads. They have over 30,000 five-star reviews. That's 30,000. They're a leader in the CBD industry, number one privately held CBD company in the U.S. by market share. They have award-winning products, pharmacist-founded, pharmacist-formulated, and lots of cool stuff. They've got sleep capsules, CBD capsules that help you sleep, sleepy Z's, relax bears, gummies, delicious, CBD bath bombs, soft gels, a whole line of CBD products. So if you're curious about trying out uh, a CBD product for any of those things, uh, again, promote sense of relaxation, well-being, uh, physical and mental well-being, calming effects on nerves, any of those things, check them out. Green Roads. And of course, when you do use, uh, when you do make an order, use promo code DNVR20 to receive 20% off your purchase. That's DNVR20 at Green Roads. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Adam Mates. I'm going solo today. Everybody else got the day off. But I'm here to bring you a notebook edition of the podcast. Notebook. Going to walk you through line by line. As I went back and rewatched some games, i got to be honest with you guys. Some games, a drag to go back and rewatch. Other games, such as this one, very fun to go back and watch. In fact, one of the most fun games of this entire season Obviously, Aaron Gordon's debut, but it was not just that. It was also the debut of what I think the best version, the best era of this, or or mini era of this Jokic and Murray era that we are in. I I think it really, truly began uh, on Sunday night as the Nuggets took on the Atlanta Hawks and absolutely beat them down. So I'm going to go line by line. If you're new to the show, Notebook Editions, I go line by line and just kind of share my big picture perspective as well as my very detailed perspective on what to take away from that game. And there is quite a bit. But before we get into those, I just want to remind you guys that on, two, on let's see, Monday, no, Tuesday, which would be probably the day you're listening to this. I'm recording this at 11 o'clock at night on Monday. On Tuesday, I'm going to have George Carl live in studio, 6 p.m. at the DNVR bar. And we are going to be doing a live edition of the Keeping It 1000 podcast, which will also double as our pregame show no typical DNVR Nuggets t- uh, pregame show on YouTube. Instead, an hour-long one-on-one and cute live Q&A with George Carl. You can walk up, ask him your questions right there in studio, and he'll give you the answers. He's very unfiltered. It's going to be so great. We're also going to stream this on our YouTube page. But I'm really hoping for a full crowd. I know Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the DNVR bar, usually a pretty light crowd, only the diehard I'm hopeful we get a, a pretty good turnout for this one. Um, as George Carl really enjoys being a part of this Denver Nuggets community, like he's really, you know, he's he's here, he's in retirement here in Colorado, in Denver. This is where he chose to stay, and he really likes Jokic. He really likes this Nuggets team. He's going to have a lot of takes. I haven't talked to him yet about the trade deadline, so I can't wait to get his thoughts about Javale McGee. Of course, he coached Javale McGee, so I'm, he'll definitely have a lot to say there. Curious to get his thoughts on Aaron Gordon and just the state of the nuggets um what all he thinks you're going to want to check that out um and and by the way if you do watch our youtube show we have a new youtube channel you got to look for dnvr sports we are temporarily at least i hope temporarily locked out of our current account for some total bs not going to get into the details but a mistake the youtube has like bots that go out and like lift accounts when they try to live stream nba games nfl games whatever when they try to like illegally stream those YouTube mistakenly, one of their bots mistakenly thought that's what one of our post-game shows for the Avs was. Of course, that's not what we do. We do not stream 
games illegally and unfortunately they locked our account but hopefully that'll get taken care of here in the next couple days um but in the meantime look for that new dnvr youtube account all right let's get into this guys um the first thing that jumps out you know anytime you have a trade i think that a team is likely to bring the energy especially a team that was in the circumstance that the nuggets were in in this one you know uh a team that it was an exciting trade. You know, sometimes there's a trade, you are like, I don't know, or there's uncertainty. And there's certainly some uncertainty to this one. Everybody kind of getting to know each other. But I think more than anything, as much as the team was sad to lose Gary Harris, I think in their hearts they kind of all know, like, hey, this is a huge step forward for us. Uh, Michael Malone certainly, you know, ha has indicated as much even before they played this game that I think he said something to the effect of this was a really important trade for us. I mean, this was a really big move. Like, we needed this kind of guy. And I think all the players kind of looked around and felt the exact same thing. They knew it. Like, hey, this was a piece we were missing. This guy can do a lot of the things. And the question was, can he fit in? Um, and, and that's obviously a question that's going to take uh, all the way through this playoff run for us to really figure that out. But I think there was a great energy to the team, especially on the defensive end in that first game. And the guys were just flying around. A lot of energy. Um, and, it, you know, they give up the Nuggets 35 points in that first quarter. So you probably, if you just looked at that, you would say, hey, they weren't very good defensively. And there certainly were some miscues we're going to talk about. But I think that just the overall look of this team, the length, the athleticism, the sort of tenacity, all of those things were on display in this one. And you look at that and you go, yeah, this could be a good defensive team. I don't know if it's an elite, you know, top three, top five defense, but it was, certainly has all the pieces to be a more than adequate championship caliber defense, in my opinion. And you saw that even in that first quarter, even though it didn't necessarily like um, translate into a great defensive rating or anything like that, you saw it right out the gate. Of course, second and third quarter, that first lineup, uh, that starting lineup was like insanely good defensively. We'll talk about that. But the Nuggets, one of the great things, we go to the offensive end of the floor, one of the keys to adding Aaron Gordon and having Will Barton as the shooting guard is you now have four very reliable pick-and-roll players. Jokic being obviously the fulcrum of that, he's like he's involved in all of those pick-and-rolls. But if you just talk about Jamal Murray, well, of course he can run pick-and-roll with Jokic. Will Barton, of course. Those two guys proven for many, many years that they can do that at an elite level. Not just a high level, an elite level. Even Will Barton can do it at an elite level, and he had some really nice um, feeds to Jokic and certain actions in this game. But then you go to Michael Porter, like, okay, Michael Porter is starting to really expand his pick and roll and dribble handoff arsenal with the Nuggets. It's been slow in large part just because Michael Porter is himself a student of the game at the moment. You know, he's still, um, it's like he's a sophomore in college. You know, he's no longer a freshman, but he's also still like, he's not one of the big men on campus. He still has a lot to learn. And now Aaron Gordon becomes the fourth member there. And Gordon, I mean, already ahead of, say, a Michael Porter in terms of being able to handle the ball, um, you know, off of a dribble handoff or in the pick and roll. The Nuggets, we're going to talk about it, even used him to initiate offense a couple times, bringing the ball up the court. Not like on dead balls, having him bring the ball, including one ATO. That was really interesting. We'll talk about. Um, so now you have four ball handlers that are very good and all bring something different to the table. You know, Jamal Murray, obviously the, the do-it-all offensive player. He can pass, he can shoot, he can read the court. Um, him and Jokic have that great chemistry. Will Barton, sort of the B version of that, maybe even C version of Jamal Murray, although that's not saying nothing. Murray-Jokic is like arguably the best duo in the NBA. So Barton-Jokic, even that the C version of the best duo in the NBA, still very good. Um, you know, Michael Porter Jr., elite shot maker. So 
especially going forward, every game that these guys get to play. And I think that actually this having Aaron Gordon as the fourth guy out there is actually going to increase and speed up the process of Michael Porter uh, playing, you know, learning to play the dribble handoff game, the free flowing game, just because it's so much more natural. I'm going to talk, you know, about that. But now you have Gordon and to get the ball popping, of course, Denver had 32 assists to get the ball popping. So much of it is about free flowing read and react basketball where you don't have to look for situations that will blow up the possession. And this is what happened when you had, say, a Paul Millsap or a Torrey Craig last year or a Jermichael Green on the court. It's not that those players aren't good. It's that if Jokic runs an action on one side of the court, the ball kicks over to him, and he doesn't like what he sees, he immediately reverses to the other side. But if you reverse, and all of a sudden it's Paul Millsap, you think, well, do I want to run a pick and roll with Millsap right now? Probably not. Okay, now you got to cut through, and i got to point and reset. Now the defense is catching up. Whereas if you can just go from one action to the next without fail, I think that you really uh, then put pressure on the defense and the ball just moves. First action flows into the second one, flows into the third. And eventually, you know, everybody kind of finds a rhythm. And I think that's what happened in this game. The other story of this game, for, in my opinion, was Michael Malone really experimenting and I think almost like you know you're buying a new car and you get to test drive it and you kind of like want to open things up you know you want to get out on the highway and well let me see how fast this baby can go from zero to 60 or whatever and you're kind of testing you know the parameters and I thought that this game represented that for Michael Malone in part Michael Malone and his staff on the offensive end placing Aaron Gordon into very unique spots and um, the first action, and of course, most prominent, by the way, addition of the list up, I've got two editions of the list, one before the first game that shows a bunch of his Orlando clips and some of the old Nuggets clips. And then I got one entirely of this game. It was so interesting. I could do a full edition of the list and there were enough clips. So you definitely want to become a DNVR member. Go to the DNVR.com, pay the five bucks a month. You get a free t-shirt. Um, and then you're, I'm telling you, you're going to be happy. And then you get all the clips, and they're just so interesting. The first one, of course, C-Corner, a play that um, you know sticks usually Michael Porter or Paul Millsap into the corner. This time you put Aaron Gordon there. You set a little corner screen for him with Jamal Murray, who did a great job of setting this angle, reading the angles perfectly, getting the screen. And you get Aaron Gordon a wide-open dunk. And just watching that play... It's funny because really it was a play that involved one screen, Jamal Murray for Aaron Gordon, and it got a wide open dunk that was so open, Aaron Gordon basically did like a 180 uh, to dunk it. And that's how easy it was. Now teams are going to adjust. You know, Trey Young was placed in a really tough spot, and part of what makes Trey Young so tough to build around is defensively it's so easy to put him in, like uh, put the team in uncomfortable spots because of him. So sure, there's all those caveats. But the fact of the matter is this is the first time they ran that play and they get a wide open dunk for Aaron Gordon. And the fact that now what's even cooler about this is, you know, you can run a play like C corner two, three times. Teams start to adjust. They start to overload. They start to play it. But now you can start to mix and match the pieces. Denver already does this. They're the only team in the NBA that can put all five players in all five spots on the same play and get a different look out of it. And that's what Denver can do now. Michael Porter could be – you could swap Aaron Gordon Michael Porter. You could swap Will Barton and Jamal Murray. You could swap Will Barton and Michael Porter. Like any combination of players you want to mix and match and move. Even Jokic, put him in the corner and run it. Denver has done that before. You can do it and you can get away with it. And it's just really cool. So that was the first play that kind of stood out. Um, 
Barton was attacking Trey Young a lot. I know a lot of people watching this game, for whatever reason, he starts 5 of 7, by the way, Will Barton does, and people were complaining even on the timeline I saw that, like, oh, Barton's really taking shots. One of the reasons he was was the defense kept switching Trey Young onto him. Will Barton's 6'7". Trey Young is really five foot eleven, um, and that's an enormous mismatch. I mean, that would be like putting even a player like on Jokic or Aaron Gordon. Imagine if Aaron Gordon had a player on him that was that tiny, you know, six foot one or something. You'd be like, yeah, go to him every time. So Will Barton was attacking Trey Young, and it's a big reason why he was five of seven to begin. Just way too small, and Trey Young's you know special he's especially tiny but it just also shows you there's going to be so many situations where denver has so many favorable matchups and i thought early on in this game will barton even on rewatch i was like yeah those are good shots he's taken i didn't i didn't really dislike any of the shots that he took in that first quarter the Nuggets were switching Michael Porter Jr. onto Trey Young without hesitation. I mentioned this yesterday during the game, very deliberately so. Um, all of those guys can switch, and it sounds like that's going to be a big part of it. Um, there was one play in particular I thought Jamal Murray needed to stunt over a little bit harder. Uh, if you think of the, the Hawks did a good job of creating what's called an empty corner, meaning you run pick and roll, but you bring all of the players to one side of the court so that the other side of the court is empty. There's no helpers. And when that happens, you get three people trying to f- space the floor on half the court. So what you should be able to do is stunt over as a defender one pass away and just make the defender have to take a tighter angle on the pick and roll, maybe even slow them down because you have time to recover and because it's so the spacing is so jumbled on the other side. And even more to the point, he was guarding Tony Sm- Snell, Jamal Murray was. This is on the list, by the way. You can really see what I'm talking about in this video clip. But he's guarding Tony Snell, who's like th- four feet behind the three-point line. I mean, he could have fully committed, to be honest, and double-teamed if he wanted to uh, and gotten away with it. But instead, he kind of got lazy, didn't recognize the play on time. And as a result, Trey Young turns the corner and gets a nice, easy, wide-open floater and put Jokic in a position to either give up a wide-open floater or get dunked on. So, um, again, and even after the game, Matt Moore asked uh, Jokic about hey, Clint Capella's giving you trouble. Why didn't he this time? And and Jokic, it's kind of funny because Jokic in a way that didn't make waves or headlines kind of said Clint Capella's not that good. He was basically saying like, look, it's not Clint Capella that ever gives me problems. If he ever scores, it's only because the team had a breakdown or something like that and they got into a spot like he just finishes plays, which is, again, kind of a, a burn, but disguised in such a way that it didn't sound like it. But what he's basically saying is Clint Capella couldn't score on me one-on-one. He couldn't do anything. He just, when our team breaks down, as in this specific play, and Trey Young is put into the paint, he has to decide, do I let Capella dunk it over the top or do I force Trey Young to shoot a five-foot floater? Both shots are really high-value shots, but of course a Clint Capella dunk a little bit more certain than a Trey Young mini floater. Um, but either way, both of them are going in. Um... Nuggets ATOs are going to be a thing of beauty. If you don't know, ATO means an after-timeout play, so it's basically a drawn-up scripted play. You know, Denver Denver usually will run, you know, basically like a handful of base sets in the flow of an offense, right? They have their plays that they go to, like C-corner, you know, a bunch of these delay, a bunch of these like basic actions that they can just kind of read and react. But there are moments throughout the game where they'll call specific quick hitters or, you know, specific actions that are more scripted. And those especially are out of a timeout. And I think that with... um a player like Gordon now in that lineup where you have five ball handlers, there's so many really awesome things that Denver can do. And I highlight some of these on the list. Um, Gordon is a very high IQ defensive player. Offensively, I I haven't seen enough. I don't know that he's not 
I, I just haven't seen enough yet. I really want to see how he learns to cut off of Jokic and his timing and all of those things. But defensively, he certainly has an awareness. He st- certainly plays the game a half a step ahead, which is what you have to do on the defensive end to be great. And, and he just knows. Like, he could t- he, he, you can mix up coverages and he's locked in. And that's one of the reasons I think that it was, you know, kind of a seamless transition for him over to Denver. It was that it's not like you have to teach him the basics of, oh, hey, we do it this way and you're going to have to learn this. Like, no, he already knows lots of different types of defense. And he mentioned that he referenced that in his media first media availability that he's played for a lot of coaches. I think he's had five coaches in his career, which is a negative. But one of the positives is that it does give you a lot of, you know, you get a taste of a lot of different styles of coaching styles of defense. And then, of course, Coach Clifford, who coached Michael Malone when Michael Malone was a wee lad in basketball camp back as a, a, a as just a kid. Um, you know, he's a defensive minded coach and a very technical coach. So I think that Aaron Gordon sort of already has his Ph.D. in defensive NBA defense which is a huge positive we're going to take a break now to tell you about breckenridge brewery the official beer partner of dnvr and they have been for a very long time as long as i've been here as long as dnvr has been in existence breckenridge brewery has been the official beer and of course we're telling you about the mile high city copper lager the denver nuggets themed beer the avalanche amber my personal favorite the mountain beach i think mountain beach is also a cool name it's got a great can a great name and also it's my favorite tasting beer it's like really sweet it's a sour beer uh it's very delicious try them all out and then of course if you're not into beer microbreweries they've got ipas all those different ones if you're not into that they've got boozies brand new seltzers uh some great flavors really easy drinking these are definitely summer drinks these boozies so you're going to want to check them out all of the cool stuff Breckenridge has going on, of course, they've been a longtime partner of ours. They are so ingrained into the DNVR culture that drinking a Breckenridge brewery is as close as you will get to drinking a DNVR beer. So check them out, Breckenridge Brewery. And I also want to tell you about Gabby Insurance. When it comes to car and home insurance, don't we all deserve better? Lots of members of staff of DNVR put their policy to the test and turned to Gabby. And when they did, Gabby saved them hundreds of dollars. So go to Gabby dot com g-a-b-i dot com slash dnvr and take the challenge now put your insurance rate up against gabby's it's totally free to check out there's no obligation she's not going to spam you and robocall you and all that different stuff you just go in it's like priceline you go in and see if you're getting the best deal if you're not give gabby a try and i'm telling you right now you're probably going to be blown away at her rates and the way that they can save you money on your car and home insurance well, Barton's finishing at the rim is still lacking, and after starting 5 of 7, then he started getting some shots at the rim, and he just couldn't convert them. A couple easy bunnies. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things. I think he looks a little bit more springy, a little bit healthier than he did at the start of the year. Of course, if you guys think back, the start of the year, I thought he really looked rough. And I think that more, I, I think as much, and I don't know, this would be a great question for him, I think as much as he has maybe healed and gotten healthier as he's gotten further away from the injury. I think part of it is he's probably also just learned to play with the injury um, and learned that this is the new normal for him physically. But that being said, you know, part of what made him a good player was his ability to finish at all three levels, mid-range, three-point line, and now the rim. And that third level, getting to the rack and finishing, has really left him this season. I mean, he's been abysmal from the rim, and that continued even in this game. So I'm curious to see if, as the paint opens up, if that efficiency, you know, rises. But that certainly was not the case in this game. And to be honest with you guys, if there's one thing you can root for, that would be it. I mean, Will Barton's hitting his threes this year. He's hitting his mid-rangers. He needs to get to the cup, and if he gets to... If he improves in that zone, 
Denver's offense becomes arguably the best offense in the NBA. I know Brooklyn's right there, um, probably the number one, but they're going to be in contention for that if, if they can get him finishing uh, at a high level because then it gives them, I mean, essentially five three-level threats. How many teams can say that? Like, even if you look at the Brooklyn Nets, not that it matters because they have awesome things, but like Joe Harris, not necessarily a f- three-level player, right? I mean, he's mostly a spot-up shooter. But if you get Denver to where they have guys that can knock down the three-point shot, can get into the mid-range and elevate, can get to the rim and finish. I mean, that's 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 special. Um, but then the ball was popping. Even Chris Marlowe said it. Shouts to the homie Chris Marlowe. The great call saying the ball was popping because it was. When you watch this team, when it started to get a little bit of a rhythm under them, it really was beautiful basketball. And I think that it wasn't just the the beatdown. It was the way that it happened that it felt so natural. And if you've been watching this Nuggets team during the Jokic era, the ball popping, that's Jokic ball. That's like, hey, things are working out. And, and they had that going. Um they had a double drag play I, I, I thought was really interesting. Double drag means you bring two screeners, usually two bigs, up at the top of the key in transition, and then you run the point guard from one side of the, you know, it's like a double screen, so you run them from one side to the other. But what's interesting is you ran that with Jokic and Gordon, and usually if I told you, okay, one guy's going to roll to the rim and one guy's going to pop, you would think, well, Aaron Gordon's the dunker. You roll him to the rim. Jokic is the versatile, you know, perimeter creator. He'll, he'll pop. But that wasn't the case. What was interesting about this one is they actually rolled Jokic. Now he's not going to catch a lob. You're not going to throw a lob. Although I'd love for Jokic to get one lob this year. I mean, that would how great would that be as a little feather in the cap of the season if Jokic he already caught a body. He's got an and one dunk. Imagine if he caught a lob. That would be you know the cherry on top. But they roll him not to catch the lob, but because you put Michael Porter in one quarter, you put Will Barton in one quarter, you run that double drag up high, you pop Aaron Gordon up top. So now you got defenders occupied in the corner on two guys that are going to make at least forty percent three point shooters in each quarter. And then you put Aaron Gordon up top, and now you're attacking with the best two-man game in the NBA, Jokic and Murray. And what happened was Murray stops. He just hands the ball to Jokic, basically, like a little four-foot interior pass. And now Clint Capella has to guard Jokic with no helpers anywhere close to position to help him. And that's what was cool about that play. So you didn't run the double drag with Jokic rolling for a lob. You ran it to get Jokic one-on-one in the post, and it worked beautifully. Jokic just, um, if you remember, it might have been three seconds in the key, but Jokic just kind of turns around, jump hooks. And this is why I think Jokic was so offended in the post game by Matt Moore when he was asked, hey, you know, does Clint Capella gives you a hard time? He's like, bro, if you, we got, if you saw what happened when I have a team that, you know, is a, is, designed to guard him and for him to force him to guard me like it, it's baby food and that's Clint Capella's a good defender but he had no chance on Jokic if they don't send a helper and Nuggets got a lot of plays to work on the first option this is what I think Michael Malone and his coaching staff they might have taken the day off today because they might have felt so good about what happened in that game they got so many things to work off the first option they've got a bunch of plays and you know every play has this where it's like okay here's our first option here's our second third fourth and here's how we get into the continuity they had so many of the plays they ran just worked on the first one. Like, all right, one pin down, boom. Oh, that worked. Okay, dunk, uh, cutter, or wide open shot, whatever it was. Back door cuts on the very first option. It was just, it was incredible to watch. P.J. Dozier, a, a very good cutter. You know, I don't think he had a necessarily great game, but he did, he is a guy that I think has a good nose for cutting. He's really, Dozier... He, he's going the wrong direction, I think, over the last couple of games. We've always talked about, or I've always talked about, how there's good Dozier and bad Dozier, and they're like really stark because good Dozier is really good. A bad Dozier eats up too many possessions, and, and this game I thought he did that. But he has some good cuts to him. Like he's He is a, um instinctual cutter. Um, 
the Hawks shot six of nine from the three-point line in the first quarter. It's the only reason they were leading, and it's the only reason they got to 35 points. You know, some of those were open, but a lot of them were not. And a lot of them were like, you know, Denver played some great 20 seconds worth of defense, and the Hawks get a, you know, contested three to go in. And um, I felt, even watching it, that Denver had a really good quarter. And I was like, okay, the, I, the Hawks aren't going to do this for three, four quarters. They weren't getting great shots at the rim or whatever. Um, so I, th- I thought Denver would turn things around, and they did. As soon as the Hawks regressed to the mean, and the Hawks ended up having an average three-point shooting night. What did they end up for the night? Let me look here from the three-point line. 35%. So, yeah, pretty average. Um, maybe they hit one more and only lose by 21. I don't know. Um, but early on, they were making everything. I thought um, Compazzo, so I always laugh about how he full-court presses, and nobody in the NBA does this, only Compazzo, and it never works. So 94 feet from the basket, he picks up Trey Young. And I have to say, Altitude, I love, you know, all the guys I love over there at Altitude, whoever is running the switchboard over there has really, really having a rookie season Moutier-esque year this year. I feel like you always miss, like, like the, we're always missing three or four plays, not like shots. Not th- this was one where Composo got a turnover, but you would never know it because the broadcast was showing some kind of graphic or following somebody as they walk down the court. And I just feel like they're always hanging on a graphic too long, and it's really killing me, man. Um, so if anybody from Altitude is watching this, love you guys. Keep up the great work. Such great content. Just. Whoever's working the keyboards needs to understand that Nuggets fans want to watch the Nuggets game. They don't want us the graphics. That stuff is all auxiliary. But if we miss three or four plays per game, uh, you know that that's way more frustrating than say the the clock. I know the clock in the hasn't been working steadily on the scoreboard and those things. I know you know those things don't bother me nearly as much as missing actual plays. But Compazzo, I believe, got a turnover because all of a sudden they're inbounding the ball. Compazzo always does that thing where he pressures the inbound nobody in the nba does this but he got a turnover so even if it only happens one out of every hundred times he tries it it's still worth it um and the bench unit had some really good defense i think um you know they're gonna need some chemistry on offense but if you throw out there that there's two identities to me of the nuggets second unit and we can even throw monte into the the mix here but if you talk about monte Compazzo, dozier uh jamichael green paul Millsap, what do they all have in common great defense and great basketball IQ. Those are a lot of veteran players. You know, you talk about Monte Morris. He is. He came into the league a veteran. Even when he was a rookie, he was a veteran. He would assist a turnover. Like he he knows how to play this game. Uh, Compazzo, uh, Mister Basketball, or whatever he won Player of the Decade. Um, you know, he he knows how to play basketball. Paul Millsap is a vet, and and he even he was a smart player even in his prime. Now that he's you know. Uh, towards the end of his career, he's seen everything. And then Jamichael Green, same thing. Like, he's hung around. He got into the league because he was a high IQ player. So, and P.J. Dozier is the one that sort of, I think he's a high IQ player. I just don't think he's always a great decision maker. But he reads the court well. So you get five players out there that all know what they're doing. And even Zeke Naji makes an appearance. And he's a guy that, for a rookie, is well above the curve, I think, and just sort of feel for the game and understanding and just intelligence. So that team, it's a very smart unit. And it's a unit that can defend. I don't know if it can score. And I think with Monte, we're not, the verdict's going to be out on that until Monte returns. Um, but that's the one thing I would say that you kind of, okay, we got this this lineup can have an identity with those other things. Um, lots of interesting uh, offensive sets, though. Like, they did run some intricate things, and I think that's maybe how Malone makes that unit score. And I wouldn't mind if that unit didn't try to run too much. If they counted on their defense and they wore teams down in the half court with great execution, not necessarily great playmaking, shot-making, whatever, but just great execution, almost ran it like a college-style lineup, I think it would work because they have the guys to do it. That's their strength. Um, Nuggets starters, when they checked in for the second time, started rolling immediately. It almost felt like... 
And it was funny because Gordon couldn't check in. They almost got the starters back, but then Gordon couldn't check in, and it actually cost Denver because I think the Hawks go on like an 8-0 run or something um, before Gordon comes in. But once he checks in, um, they just it, it was almost like, okay, that's all it took. Now now we have chemistry with each other. And it was a crazy – the, the last five, six minutes of the second quarter and the first five, six minutes of the third quarter were just, I mean – a tour of force of Denver Nuggets basketball that was, I mean, put it in the Louvre. Um, they're getting so many interesting actions, you know, um, on one ATO. In fact, I think it was when he checked into the game. Gordon actually brought the ball up as the point guard. And this is what I mean about Denver when you have everybody that can do this. So you come out of a timeout. Gordon brings the ball up as the point guard. And then you that one, it allows you to put Will Barton and... Um, Michael Porter Jr. is floor spacer, very good floor spacers, but allows Jamal Murray to not have to dribble it up. It allows him to come off of screens before he gets into his pick and roll, and that's just, it's so huge for Denver. Monte Morris, when he plays alongside Murray, Murray plays better. We have lots of data for this, and the Nuggets offense plays better. We have so much data. If you can do that with a player that doesn't sacrifice height, defense, versatility, all those things, I mean, all the better. And Denver has that now in Will Barton. They have that in Aaron Gordon. And I think before long, they'll have that in Michael Porter Jr. He just needs the you know, the experience, maybe one or two more years of experience before he's very comfortable as being as running point, basically, on, on certain possessions. And it was a 20-6 to six run by the starters to close out the half. Think about that. A 20 to six run to close out the half and it felt like it in fact it felt like it should have been actually a little bit more than that um so it's just a really really impressive uh stretch there and we can go right in because it's the same unit go right into the second unit malone is a kid in a candy shop on offense and this is what i mean is they they actually ran i felt like a lot of sets um it wasn't sometimes when you get a new player you just run the same like two or three actions i feel like denver actually tried some things out in this one nothing that's splitting the atom and if you've been in the nba javel mcgee had a great quote about this in his media availability that every team runs the same plays they just have different names for them and maybe like one or two things that's unique about it and i and i've, I've talked about this for years guys i uh, work closely with Gibson Piper, who runs Half Court Hoops, and every year we capture the entire Denver Nuggets playbook. I probably have a hundred plays that the Nuggets run uh, last season. I have this for three seasons in a row, and I contrast that to his playbooks that he posts on his YouTube page and on his Patreon for other teams. They're all the same. I mean, they're just little subtle differences. You know, positioning on the court, which players go in which spots, and maybe different creative wrinkles out of them but a player that's a veteran like a javel or like an aaron gordon you say hey man we're, this is the action we run we call it this and here's how we do it um it, you know it, there's no big deal and i thought denver actually ran kind of a lot of things because everything was working i just felt like malone was you know it, imagine how much fun he was having in that quarter where he's like let's run this action okay that worked let's run it again okay that worked and then he's like all right we're up 16 why don't we try this action yep that worked okay why don't we try this they just kept trying different things and it kept working including the very first play of the second half is maybe the most important one. A 5-4 pick and roll with Jokic as the point guard. Again, this was a play, by the way, not to keep belaboring the point and beating up my friends at altitude, but we only caught half of this play because, for whatever reason, coming out of halftime, you think of all times, at a halftime you would not miss the first play, but somehow they did. They missed half of the first play, so all we see is the pick and roll already started, and Jokic throws it over that Gordon sets the screen on point guard Jokic, and then he rolls to the basket. Defense is so... First of all, Clint Capella guarding Jokic, uh, Collins guarding Gordon. So your five and your four are out at the top of the key guarding a pick and roll. That means your one, two, and three are the ones protecting the rim. That was baby food. Jokic, who's basically better than most point guards at running these types of actions, just throws a little 
moon pass over the top of the outstretched arms, falls right into Gordon as he's... He actually threw it before Gordon even looked, um, and Gordon kind of looks up like a receiver who looks up and the pass is already, you know, coming towards him. He catches it, doesn't even dribble, I don't believe, just goes right into the dunking motion, and it was, it was, it was incredible. And why I bring this play up specifically is because it works so well. And logistically, if you just think about it, like, yeah, that play, of course, is going to work. That's one that I would not be surprised if Denver ran this action in crunch time. Denver has a crunch time offense. It's the two-man game, and it works. It's an elite crunch time offense. This might be a new wrinkle that is so easy to run that you just run it. Like, there's nothing to it. Just put your players on the, you know, spacing the court, run Aaron Gordon, see if teams switch. If they do, you know, Capella had a hard time. He was baby food uh, for Jokic. If you put Collins, Collins has given up like 70 pounds to Jokic. If you switch that early, you're done. And not just done, roll Aaron Gordon to the corner, now bring him out, and now just run your two-man game with uh, Jamal Murray. And now you have your four, you know, now now how are you going to guard that? Your rim protector's not in there. It's just there's so many cool things you can do. So that 5-4 pick and roll with Jokic and Gordon to open the second half, how do you guard it? How on earth do you guard it? I just don't think you can, and I think it becomes a staple of the Nuggets offense. Support for DNVR is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology, uh, and I'm telling you guys, all of their things that they have, very safe. You're always afraid if you're using an electric razor for sensitive areas, whether it's below the belt or maybe the nose trimmer, which I really enjoy. Any of those things, you're always concerned, is this thing going to be safe? Am I going to get surprised, you know, a, a hair pulled on me or something like that? Absolutely not the case with these. They're really high-quality materials, and they just become a part. Once you become a Manscaped person, they become a part of your... Uh, uh, you know, your your grooming habits, and it's really great. So check them out. Uh, you want to go to manscaped.com and use promo code DNVR when you do. That's 20% off when you use uh, DNVR as the promo code, and it's great. they got a whole host of, uh, of things. They're not just, you know, razors, electric razors, electric shavers, things like that. They've also got a host of deodorants and, and, and different things, um, travel bags and, and all kinds of products, even boxer briefs. So anything you're looking for for men's grooming, check out manscaped.com. Also want to tell you guys about DraftKings. If you listen to the show, you definitely know about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. 68 teams started the tournament. Only the best have survived. We are down now to... We're down to the final four, aren't we? Yes, the final four. So DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $1 now on any tournament. You know they've been running this whole tournament long. $1 on any tournament game, and if the team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turn $1 into $100. At this point, it's basically a 50-50 coin flip. So put a dollar down. Usually a 50-50, put $1 down, you win $1. That's your odds. This time, put $1 down, you get $100. It's really a can't miss. What do you have to lose? Uh, and if you don't like college basketball, of course, you can bet on hockey. You can bet on NBA basketball like we do at the DNVR pregame show. We always bet on the Nuggets games, give you one or two bets. Usually we win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. They can uh, deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
Lastly, I want to tell you about Zoom Care. Never sit in a doctor's office again. Think about the last time you needed to see a doctor. How long did it take you to go through the whole process? Did you, you know, first of all, you have to drive there. You got to get dressed and go over to wherever it is. Maybe it's all the way across town. Um, maybe you were early for your appointment. Maybe they're backed up. You have to wait in the lobby. You have to fill out all the paper, all that different stuff. But what if you could see the doctor the same day at the time that you choose? What if your visit started on time when you left uh, and you left with the prescription in hand? What if going to the doctor was that easy? Good news. It is. You can schedule right now at zoomcare.com. That's zoomcare.com. Schedule an appointment. Get a meeting with a real doctor and they can walk you through via Zoom. Uh, whatever it is that, that you're going through, whatever it is that you need, they can help you right there. I mean, think about how many doctor's appointments don't need you to actually physically be there. So if you can do this through Zoom Care, it really is the way of the future. Again, check them out. Zoom Care. Zoomcare.com. Schedule your appointment today. Final segment here at DNVR Nuggets Podcast, going through my notes here, talking about how awesome this game was, because it was. That Murray to Gordon to Michael Porter 3 was absolute perfection, and it shows you that was a high-level pass by Gordon. Now, Gordon, I don't think he's an elite passer, but he is capable of making elite passes, just not consistently. You know, he's going to make... He's one of the type, the quality of passer he is and playmaker and court reader and all that type of stuff is that occasionally he's going to make a play that blows your mind and occasionally he's going to make a play that makes you go like, how on earth did he screw that up? Um, but that's okay because again, he's the third ball handler basically in that starting lineup and just his ability to be able to throw that over the head pass was um, to Michael Porter. It was just, it was a thing of beauty. Four point play. Uh, I think everybody on the court touched the ball. It was, it was, it was really, really cool. The Nuggets got up 20 and... They started fumbling the ball a lot. It, it's it's weird because the Nuggets won by 24, and it wasn't even close, and the starters didn't have to play in the second. And I felt like they left 10, 15 points on the table. That's how crazy uh, Denver was doing here. And the Hawks capitalized. I mean, Denver had to call a timeout when the Hawks, I think, cut it to 12 or 10 or something like that, or maybe even 8. Um, and it was just because Denver had, like, a string of possessions in a row where they just kept, like, fumbling passes and turnovers and getting sloppy. And maybe that's what happens when you're up 20. I don't know. But it was, it's funny, you look at the net rating for that starting lineup, or really throw Barton out and just do the the big four, um, the net rating was something like plus 40 or plus 50, and it could have been way worse or way better, and that's what's so crazy about it. Um, the Nuggets, one thing that's important though is when the Nuggets blew the 20-point lead and it got down to like 10, I mean, it was never like dangerous, but it was where it was like, okay, we need to, you know, we called a timeout, we need to get something here, everybody's a little unsettled. And what they went to, a Jokic post up and he delivered, and then very next play, Jokic takes a three and he delivers. And that's five points, you go from 10 to 15 and it's back up, and the route's back on. And I can't tell you how many times over the last two seasons, I mean, this isn't a this season thing. It's really been the last two, two and a half seasons that Jokic has been the guy that you go to when you need a bucket. And he just delivers as much as anybody. I mean, every team has it. If you talk about what does it mean to be the team's best player, there's a lot of different things for Jokic, you know, obviously setting the table, doing all this or that. But one of the most important things a player does is like when everybody else is like, hey, man, stop. The, we need somebody that can stop the bleeding. Jokic is just like, one of the best in the NBA at that. If you need a bucket, all right, settle things down. Let's go into the post. He just makes it look easy. And 
I think one of the things Michael Porter said when he first started playing with Jokic early, early on last season was he's just he makes you feel so calm when you're on the court because he you just can tell he's in control. And I think there's something to that. You know, Michael had this. Michael Jordan, of course, now I'm comparing Jokic to Jordan, but this is one of his biggest traits was his team played with supreme confidence because when the going got tough, they always felt like they had the biggest dog in the fight in Michael. And I think the Nuggets feel the same way. I mean, Jamal Murray raves about him. Mike Porter raves about him. I think all these guys are just like, hey, man, when the going gets tough, we got a guy who just always rises to the occasion. And I know this was a little game that was a 20-point win against the Hawks, but, you know, a great example of it. Um, Jokic settled him. And other than that short stretch, Denver was absolutely dominant on both ends in the second and third quarter. And that it's just so encouraging. You know, Denver's going to get a real test now with Philadelphia on deck and then, of course, the Clippers. Um, but I think you have to be as encouraged as you can. And, and Michael Porter, you know, he just looked so comfortable out there. I think Michael Porter has looked uncomfortable over the last five games or so. His season has been up and down. I thought he was on a little bit of a mini down. You know, he's making shots. The numbers were still there. But just in terms of, like, were there games and stretches of games where it felt like Porter was not involved in the offense? Absolutely. And I thought in this game, he was just one of the cogs in the machine. Obviously a great one, like a phenomenal shot maker. But he just I felt like the ball found him a lot. I felt like he was involved in the offense. And um, you know, maybe it really is as simple as he we saw this with Jeremy Grant last year. Jeremy Grant was not good for the Nuggets and was coming off the bench and all of these different things. But whenever he was paired with Jokic and Porter in the front court and those guys were the three, four, five, it just worked. And I think the same might be true of Gordon. Like he's very similar to Jeremy Grant in a lot of different ways. And I, I think that the biggest way is that he allows Michael Porter to like accentuate all of his positives while covering for his weaknesses, namely allowing Michael Porter to not guard the the tough player. Like Michael Porter didn't have to guard John Collins um, yesterday. That's a huge thing for him. So, um, and then late in the game, Barton started to take his bad shots. Um, I have a note in here, Composito and Jermichael Green, I think, have very good chemistry. They've really developed a nice chemistry together. I think that's a good duo that you run a little two-man game with them, and they seem to get everything out of it. Jermichael Green, of course, on fire, not just from three, but also getting to the foul line. Composito in this game only had, I think, five free uh, assists. Is that right? Um, but he could have had easily had like he had five assists, but he probably had two or three more that were from free throws. Like he gave Jermichael passing, Jermichael gets fouled, and you know passes that should have been free throws but weren't. Or I think he had one that the the nutmeg of course was like to Jermichael Green who misses the layup, gets the rebound, then puts it in. I mean that's he didn't get an assist for that, but it should have been. So Faku easily could have had nine ten assists in this game if everybody would have completed the you know easy the gimmies that that he they were given. Um, and and one of the things he did, I mean Faku does a lot of like veteran great things but one of the things i like that he did in this game was sprinting into the screens um rather than like kind of slow it down and then like okay here comes the screen i'm gonna like all right now i'm gonna go he would like run from half court see the screen and like just sprint into it so that when the big had to pick him up the big was stagnant having to guard a guy at full speed and he's just faku i think one of the things that is great about him is that he is very good at when the the faster the game is being played, the better he is. You slow things down, and all of a sudden the physical aspects of this start to come in. You could swarm a guy or whatever. But the faster it is, and you're playing that like fast fast decision making. Well, he makes he's like Jokic. His brain is operating faster than everybody else's. So, um, he and he's good at at least in this game he was good at at speeding up the decision-making process for the defense, and I thought that was good. All in all, a 10 out of 10 game. I don't. If you're a Nuggets fan, I don't think you could be more – if you're feeling negative about this one, you really – you know, you need, you need to talk to someone because this was one of those games where 
everything was sunshine and rainbows for the Nuggets. They looked as good as you could have possibly imagined for a first game integrating a major piece. And now the question is, I mean, they get a great test coming up here with uh, a very good Philadelphia 76ers team. Aaron Gordon's going to have a big assignment. And it was great hearing him today on Altitude. He was asked about Altitude Radio. He was asked about um, defending Ben Simmons. And he got, got into like scout mode. You know, he talked about the things that and how he's the, the, how important he is to their offensive attack when Joel Embiid's not in there. And, um, you know, 76ers have been winning a lot of games without Joel Embiid lately. Um, so that's a huge assignment. And Aaron Gordon, if he can take on, this is a big test for, you know, offensively he maybe he looks a little clunkier today than he did in the last one maybe the offense doesn't hum but if he can shut down Ben Simmons and and force him to be 80% of what he usually is Denver's going to get the win and it not only will they get the win but it should be a nice little um sampling of okay can Aaron Gordon be trusted to guard Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Luka Doncic. Is he that caliber defender? Can he go up and step up to that? Ben Simmons is that caliber of offensive talent, um, at least with this group that they put around. A lot of shooters around him, a lot of spacing. So I'm going to be very curious to see what kind of impact Aaron Gordon has uh, tomorrow night. That should be great. And then, of course, Kawhi Leonard on deck right after that uh, with the Clippers on Thursday. So a couple of great games. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Um, that was it. Don't forget tomorrow, guys, check out our YouTube page. If you want to tune in live to the Keeping It 1000 podcast uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock at the bar. If you can, come down. If you're vaccinated, feeling good, or, you know, you just you feel safe. We obviously do social distancing there. Everybody wears their masks as they enter. We have high ceilings. You know, there's, it, you know, I think it's a fairly safe, but again, that's your call to make. Uh, I've vaccinated. I get George Carl has been vaccinated for like two months, so for so quite a while. So, you know, um, we're excited for this event. The world's starting to slowly open up safely. And I'm really excited to have this Q&A where fans get to talk to him and he gets to share all of his unfiltered live perspective on the Denver Nuggets tomorrow. So come out to the DNVR bar if you're comfortable with it. Otherwise, tune in on YouTube. We can't wait. We'll see you all then. Before we get out of here, going to give you a quick update on the Colorado XOs. That's right, the XOs, Rugby Town USA. You know about it. Excited to introduce the new rugby veteran team, the Colorado XOs. They're currently two and one right now, um, and what they are is the rugby team and really the rugby training uh, program here in Colorado, where they're taking people from all different professional sports backgrounds: football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. These elite athletes that pre- uh, possess all of the necessary skills. To excel at rugby and some of them are guys you might have even heard of and now they're placing those players into this program to convert them into rugby players and it's a really really cool thing what's even better is we've got colton strickler covering the colorado exos full-time uh he's got the D- weekly dnvr rugby podcast you can hit that subscribe button if you want to check them out i know we have a lot of aussies listening to this maybe you want to check out america this this cool program of american rugby trying to launch american rugby this almost reminds me of like you know, you hear stories of the NFL back in the day or something, and they're trying to convert guys to do this and teach them or whatever. It almost sounds like that. Like, we, this is history happening in real time. You can be a part of it. Um, so check out the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My guy, Colton Strickler, bringing all of that to you. And check out the Colorado Exos.